dealers will try to sell you on add-ons during the financing portion of the deal. So be aware, usually those add-ons are at inflated prices and you can get them from other retailers. Extended warranties might be a good choice, but again, be aware because the cost is going to be high. In this episode of Getting Money Right, we're talking about buying cars and what you need to know as you start the process. So the first step, anytime that you're looking to purchase a vehicle, and in this episode, we're looking at new vehicles. And so when you're looking to buy a new vehicle, you've got to figure out first and foremost what you need, what do you actually need to get to and from where you're going or do the job you need it to do. What do you want? What are the features and things that you're specifically looking for for your either personality or style or things internal that you're going to need. And then the most important piece to this before you even start looking is you've got to figure out how much can you spend? What do you really have in the budget? And so a lot of times I'll talk to people and they'll say, David, uh, I'm looking to buy a vehicle. How much should I spend on my vehicle? And the first thing I do is create a budget with them because if I see their budget and I see how much money they have to set aside each month towards their vehicle or how much they have in savings and how much of that they want to utilize to purchase the vehicle and put a down payment on something. But I'm always going to start with the budget and trying to figure out how much do you have and how much uh, can you afford and not necessarily how much can you afford, but what's going to fit your budget well today. Yeah, that's great. That's really the first thing, folks, that you have to consider is how much will this car impact your transportation category? We've talked in previous episodes how the transportation category is one of the highest, one of the top three, actually, that we spend the most money in, and how difficult it is sometimes with a car payment to keep that in a healthy range. So without figuring out how much actually you can afford per month, rather than just start looking and shopping and getting your hopes up, and then you realize, wow, that's that's too much payment or it's too much car. Now you're disappointed because you started with all these hopes of getting a car that you were going to enjoy, and now you realize, well, I actually can't afford that car. So start with with a total cost. What are you willing to spend? How is that going to fit in your budget? That's perfect. Yeah. And, and in this episode, we're going to dig into buying new cars. But in the next episode, we're going to look at buying used cars. And we'll talk about the difference, the price difference of a new car versus a used car. So right off the bat, you may look at your budget and realize you need a used car. But there's going to be some people out there that are looking at new vehicles and just want to learn the process. So that's what we're going to do today. And so, Leo, if I'm trying to figure out the cost of a vehicle, I figured out what I can afford or what I want to buy. Where would I go to figure out just the average price of vehicles in my area? Yeah, what's great about the technology that's available to us today is that we can do all our shopping without leaving our home. Yeah, We really can research everything that we need to know as far as the price, the features. Uh, and there are great websites such as Edmunds.com or Consumer Reports or Kelly Blue Book. So many more. Uh, Autobytel is another one. And you can do all of your research for new and used cars, but especially for new ones you can find Uh, invoice prices. You can find uh, expert and owner reviews, which really give you a better sense of what these cars are really like. They may look great, but what if they're not really great? What if this is a second model and the first model that came out was just a disaster and they really didn't improve on those things? It's better to find some of these things from other people that have tried these products and these, these vehicles and found them either to be great or not. And why not find all that stuff on the front end so that when you go in to purchase the car and get to enjoy it rather than find out, well, gosh, this doesn't really meet my needs or it's the wrong car and it's not reliable or whatever. So it's great to be able to, to go and do all this research and just walk into a dealership with knowing how much the car is, 
uh, what you're going to pay. You're not going to be taken advantage. So it does require some work on the front end, but really it could be fun for some of us really yeah. enjoy it. I, I'm one of those people who just love to read about cars and all the new things that are coming out. Uh, you may not be that kind of person. If you're not, find a friend, find a hopefully a significant other. Maybe your husband is more into that if if you're not or your spouse and and just get that information because it's so important to have all that information before you even attempt to drive out to a dealer and test out a car. Yeah. And I'm just the opposite, Leo. You know, I go to look at Edmunds.com or look at Consumer Reports and it just all the the three stars, four stars, five stars start to blend together and the JD Power <laughs> and Associates rankings and this ranking over here. And I'm like, well, how can I trust this? Or how do I know? So for me, it gets a little overwhelming, but taking the time to do it in advance. Mm -hmm. It's always important, but especially on a new car, because just like Leo said, some vehicles are going to come out, they'll be brand new, but maybe they're testing a new method in the way they created something and it's never been done before. And so expert reviews will test drive it and say, hey, don't buy this make of this vehicle, even though it's a great brand, even though it has a history of being a great brand. But then this one model inside of this brand, uh, there's an issue with this one. This year, we know this one has a certain problem. I was talking to a guy a good friend over lunch. And he said, uh, he, he was telling me all about the BMW that he bought and how he'd done all this research and consumer reports. And when we were walking out later after eating lunch, he pointed out another BMW in the parking lot. And he said, Oh, I can tell that that's, that's one of the bad ones. And what he meant was there's this one year, this one subset, not all BMWs, mm -hmm. there's just this one subset of this one brand at this one time that he said, this one, when this one came out, it was a clunker. And he said, I actually have a friend that bought one at that year because she didn't do the research in advance. Mm -hmm. And it went in for repairs every couple months until she finally sold it because it was just a hassle. And that's not a knock on any individual brand. Mm -hmm. Every brand is going to have a few issues in different makes and models and so you want to look at this before you go out and buy especially new yeah and it, you know cars is such an individual thing especially for us americans a car is almost an extension of who we are when you buy a car you look at the kind of cars that people buy uh, they buy the things that represent who they are and and how they feel when they're driving down the road and all of that is such a personal choice but having this information is important and and really the probably the number one reason why you want to do this research is because you want to be informed not on 20 different models hmm. you want to be informed on two or three models yeah, yeah. you want to narrow it down that's really part of the research researching the vehicles and the features is that it helps you to to create a short list so that you have two or three models that you're looking for and then you're just going to test those two or three models instead of walking to a dealership and just saying i don't know i just want to buy a car well great they're going to sell you a car, but it probably won't be what you're needing and probably what's going to be best for you. So why not do all that work ahead of time? And again, I say work, but it's really not that complicated. You're going to be drawn to certain type of vehicles, and those vehicles are going to have to meet your driving needs and your family's needs. If you want an SUV, well, you're only going to look at a few models, and then you're going to narrow down that by from maybe eight down to two or three. And that's the idea is that you narrow your field down to two or three, a short list before you start going into the next step. Yeah. And the fun thing about this is if you spend some time researching just two or three brands or certain makes and models or, or maybe even just a few years within that, 
when you're out on the road driving, take your time, do it online, go online. But then when you're out on the road driving, you're going to notice vehicles that you never noticed before because you're in the market to shop. And so all of a sudden you're going to look and say, oh, wow, I I never noticed the sleek curvature of that vehicle. Or wow, that that vehicle, I really thought I'd like it, but it's a little bit shorter and has less trunk space. And I need trunk space for a certain reason. Or, you know, you're going to see things differently. And so let this be a process. You know, the less of a hurry you can be in, the better. It doesn't mean you can't do it quickly, but if you're gonna do it quickly, you need to spend a lot more time researching. Uh, but if you have a little bit longer, enjoy enjoy the noticing of the vehicles with you on the road. Well, choose wisely because our recommendation, especially if you're gonna buy a new car, is that you hang on to it for a while. Uh, my recommendation, gosh, if you're gonna buy a brand new car, which today's upwards of twenty thousand dollars, that you hang on to it ten yeah. years. It'll yeah. last that long if you maintain it well. So the only reason you'd ever get rid of it is because you get bored with it. But other than that, I mean, it should last you 10 years. And if you're going to spend more money and then spread that payment out or that cost, I should say, over a 10-year period, and it'll be more affordable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are going to probably emphasize a lot buying used vehicles in the next episode. But if you buy a brand new vehicle and you keep it for more than 10 years, the the cost per year usage actually isn't too, too far off from a used vehicle. And you can have a, a nice brand new vehicle that you maintain well, so it keeps its value. It keeps being something you enjoy over the long term. It can absolutely be a good investment. Absolutely. So let's talk about financing. That would be the second step. So after you research, you narrow down your field to about two or three models, then you look at financing. And if you're going to pay cash, you can just skip the step. That's my favorite thing. Avoid the next few minutes of this conversation. That's where Ashley and I go today is we just pay cash and we skip this step. I'm right there with you. But when you buy a new car, (laughs) uh, that's difficult. I've never been able to buy a brand new car with cash yet. Um, and so most people, I think, have a hard time, even if you have it, to dump twenty four, thirty thousand dollars on a car yeah. straight out of a savings account. It's kind of a big step. So if again, if you're going to pay cash, great, we're proud of you, but this won't pertain to you. However, most people will finance it. So let's talk about being prepared for this transaction. The first thing you want to do is get pre-approved for a loan. That's going to do two things. One, it's going to allow you to know how much you can finance. Mm -hmm. Of course, that doesn't mean you should finance as much as the bank will let you. Always go back to what we said earlier, which is make sure that it fits your budget, but it'll get you pre-approved and you can walk into a dealership and know that you have that as a leverage because it will come in handy in a little bit uh, when we talk about the actual final cost and the term. You can negotiate that. If you can do a pre-approval, and get a certain rate with, let's say, a credit union, which you'll find a better deal at a credit union sometimes than you will at a regular bank or at a dealership, then you can leverage that. You can use that in the final deal and saying, hey, I have a loan already lined up for this rate. Mm-hmm. And I've actually used to do this. I would go into the dealership and say, this was my credit union. They said they would give me this loan at this rate. And they would always beat it. Because you know what? That's part of how they make their money yeah. is through the financing. So uh, so get get a pre-approval. Uh, it lets you know how much you can borrow, and you'll have the interest rate. Uh, you can compare it to the dealers and see if that's a better option. And we also recommend a 20% down payment with really any term, whether you're financing it for five years, which is the max that we really would hope that you would take on, or that you do it for three years. down will ensure that you have some equity in that. Should you have to sell, we never want you to be upside down on a car. So we really recommend a a 20% down and a maximum 60-month term. Yeah, this is extremely important that you're never stuck in the vehicle 
with a payment that you can't afford. So let's say that you lose your job. Well, if you've put 20% down and you've maintained the vehicle, you should be able to sell it for approximately what you've paid it down to and what it's worth. Mm -hmm. And if you ever had to get out of that vehicle, you could. And that is so important. We don't want you to be trapped by your car. And a lot of people that I spend time talking to, uh, they're trapped by their vehicle. And they even want to get out of their car payment, but they're upside down Mm -hmm. and they can't do it. So it's good to bring this information, the 20% down or 10% down, how much can you put down, bring that to the financing office or the pre-approval process. Mm -hmm. And I love what Leo said, go to your local credit union because they're often going to be the best. Another great place is to look at online lenders. Mm -hmm. And I was actually talking to a a guy who volunteers in the financial uh, workshop that we do hit the church. And he was telling me he works for an online lender Mm -hmm. and he's in charge of of all of the financing, uh, setting up all the financing with the different car dealers. And so he goes in and says, hey, here's the rates we can do on these types of vehicles with this age, with this income, with this and that. And he's the one that helps negotiate. So just a little inside knowledge. When the dealer goes to run financing, they're going to look at your information and your numbers. They're going to plug it into a system. It's going to rate quote against maybe five or 10 different banks or dealers that are willing to get to insure the loan. And when they do that, they're going to come back with the one that's the easiest for them to move forward with the deal. Mm-hmm. They care. They do want you to get a low rate, but they care more about making the deal happen. That's right. So if they know for sure that a higher rate will go through quicker, they'll they'll say, hey, we can get you this rate and they'll make it sound like it's the lowest they can get you. But really, it's just the fastest way to get the deal done for them. And then you have to push back a little and say, no, I already got pre-approved. So I know I can beat that. Right. Can you beat my pre-approval? So if you come in armed with knowledge, you have a much, much better rate leaving that dealership. Absolutely. Um, a couple of things that you'll need and in, in your financial institution, whoever you decide to use for the pre-approval, will be asking for salary, employee information, as well as any balances of debt that you have. They'll they'll take that into account when they're trying to get you pre-approved for this loan and the amount that you're trying to seek. And also to avoid multiple hard inquiries on your credit report, be ready to shop with a within a couple of weeks of, of getting approved. So don't get pre-approved and then two months, three months later decide, okay, it's time to buy because th- that won't do you much good. Yeah, that's good. And as soon as you've gone through this process and you figured out approximately how much you're going to spend every month on this vehicle, realize that's just one component of the overall budget for your vehicle. How much your car payment is, is one piece. Then you've got your car insurance. Mm -hmm. So you're going to need to go get your car insurance quoted. That's another piece to the puzzle to realize, hey, if I'm going from a vehicle that uh, maybe you're driving an older used vehicle that's not worth very much, it's not expensive to insure, and now you're driving a brand new vehicle, and the insurance on that, if something happens to a brand new vehicle, it could be twenty or $30,000 to the insurance company. And so they're going to charge a higher premium. Sure. So you want to make sure that you can afford not only the payment, but the insurance payment and any changes in gas. If you're going to buy a brand new truck versus a car that you were driving, you're going to have a little bit higher gas payment. Vice versa, if you buy a vehicle that has a little bit better gas mileage. So be aware, the payment is just the first step. There are other things that yeah. go into this. I love that you just mentioned that, David, because so much of what we talk about on this show is the need to have a budget. And that budget is going to include these different categories that are part of this purchase. Uh, will my gas go up? Even if it goes up one tank of gas per month. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's an extra 40, 50, 50 bucks. or $60, depending <laughs> yeah. on what kind of 
car you're driving. And then the insurance. If you go from liability insurance for a 15-year-old car to a brand new $25,000, $30,000 vehicle, the difference in cost could be $70, $80 per month instead of $70, $80 every six months. It's going to be significant, not skyrocket, but over time, that car, those expenses are going to add to a couple extra thousand dollars per year. And if you're not taking that into account, all of a sudden there's another area of your budget that's going to suffer because you're going to have to make that payment. You're going to have to drive that vehicle. You're going to have to pay that insurance. So again, the overall cost is so important. When you're looking at the budget, it gives you more clarity about how much car you can actually afford because now that payment where you thought maybe it should be 300, 350, now it's got to be around 250 because the other expenses are going to go up. Yeah. And then you realize what type of vehicle you can actually go out and purchase. So you've got to plan these things before you even go to the dealership Mm -hmm. and start looking. You figure out what you want, what you need, what fits in the budget, the financing, the insurance, the gas. Uh, And this is just, it's one of those things that, that an extra $50 a month in your budget it can be heavy if you're not ready for it. An extra 80 to 100 to 150 mm-hmm. can then really tighten your budget, especially if you end up buying a vehicle. What if you buy that right around the same time that you pay property taxes and then the next year property taxes go up mm-hmm. and now you've got another 50 to $100 going out every month in property taxes, plus another 50 to $100 a month going out on your vehicle. Just be aware of the season that you're even purchasing it, not just from the season of buying cars, but the season of life you're in. Like what if you have other areas that are about to go up in expense? Just be aware. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Also, as far as the insurance to get a quote, it's pretty straightforward. You don't have to wait until you purchase the car. In fact, don't do that. Go ahead and call your agent, call an agent, and just say, here's the car I'm buying or thinking about buying. Uh, This is the model. This is the year. Can you give me a quote on how much it would be to insure this thing full coverage? And uh, they will give you that. Now you're informed know what it's going to cost you per month or every six months, and you can make that purchase with more knowledge. That's great. So step one is research vehicle and features. Step two is to go into the financing and really get pre-approved for a loan. Be ready before you go. Then you need to plan your trade-in. This is step three. Plan your trade-in or sell your old car. You know, sometimes it's much more effective for you to sell your current vehicle, get the highest price possible, and use that cash towards a new vehicle. But be aware. Uh, Now, as we dig into this step, realize you can skip this step if you don't have a vehicle to trade in or to sell. Uh, Maybe you're in high school or just out of college or your last vehicle got totaled in an accident or for some reason you're not able to do anything with it. So, Leo, what do we do when we're planning for our trade in and we're looking at potentially selling our old car? Well, I'm, a, I'm in favor of selling the car instead of trading it in. It's just my, my experience that you will get so much less than what the car is actually worth by trading it in. When you trade it in, realize that a dealership, they're going to offer you the least amount possible for, for multiple reasons, which we don't need to go into, but it's going to be a fraction of what you think your car should be worth. In fact, I remember wanting to trade in a minivan when we bought a car back in like 2002, and I knew what the price of the vehicle was worth. It was worth at least $5,000. And the dealership offered me three. Wow. Now that's, now, that's ridiculous. But understand that they're taking into account the fact that they have to take that vehicle, get it inspected, get it cleaned up, get it to show, or or sell it in auction, mm-hmm. which is always going to bring them less. And the last thing they want to do is lose money on selling you a car. I, I was offended by that <laughs> offer. But at the same time, you have to realize that it's just cost of doing business. Yeah. And you just don't have to do business with them that way. If you sell your car... It's much better. You can spend a couple hundred dollars to get it cleaned and detailed. 
yes, it is a little bit more work on your part, but it could be a couple thousand dollars. So it's up to you. If it, yeah. if the hassles were too grand, for me it was, uh, then you do it. If not, then you just trade it in and take less money. Yeah. But there's a cost involved. You, you have to know, know you have to know your value, your time value. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say that it's a $2,000 difference like you just laid out. Well, if you make $20 an hour, that's 100 hours of work. Mm-hmm. That's 100 hours of that's labor. That you're getting to save yourself. Uh, now, let's say you make $100 an hour. Well, now you've saved yourself 20 hours of work. And maybe you would have invested, you know, 10 hours in selling the vehicle, fixing up maybe 15 and 10. And, and so maybe if you're earning $100 an hour, well, maybe you go ahead and you just take the $2,000 haircut. But you have to be able to do that. And you need to understand how valuable your personal time is. And that's a big piece of this. Yeah, at a minimum, though, go on either Edmunds.com or KellyBlueBook.com and research and find out what the value of your vehicle is worth. So they, they will actually give you the trade-in value. They'll also give you the private party value. So if you sell it to an individual buyer or a dealer retail value, which is a little different. It's, it's what you would expect to pay for uh, the car if you were buying it. Uh, buying a similar car at a used dealership. So when you go to these websites and you plug in all the information for your car, the condition, and and by the way, be honest about the condition of your car. Most cars fall into the good or fair category. Mm -hmm. Very few cars are in the excellent. So rated fairly, maybe it's a good or fair. And that'll give you a good ballpark figure of what your car is worth. So if you do choose to trade it in, at least you have an idea of what that value is. You can actually print that off and say, I'm not going to take less than this. And the dealership will know that. They'll know you're informed. They're not going to lowball you. Or they'll try, but they'll know, I can't lowball this guy. I'm going to give him what he's worth. And those numbers are are fairly accurate. They're, Mm -hmm. They're based on a lot of research and data. So at the low end, do that research and make sure you have that information if you're going to trade your car in. But regardless, whether you sell or trade, uh, make sure you have that information so you get the most out of that car as, as you can. Yeah, and those dealers are used to people bringing in that information or coming armed with that information. And so we're just telling you, be ready. The The more ready that you are, the more information that you have, uh, the better off you're going to be. Now, I just want to restate, uh, Leo's talking about Edmunds.com. It's E-D-M-U-N-D-S, Edmunds.com or Kelly Blue Book. And you can just type in KBB. Those are two well-known resources in this industry. But I realized that, you know, I wouldn't have known what they were unless somebody had educated me on them a while back. So this is one of those things that, we, you know, we say it like it's nothing, <laughs> but I want you to be aware. Edmunds is M-U-N-D-S and KBB is Kelly Blue Book. And those are important resources. So uh, let's move on to step number four, which is how to locate and test drive the car. Yeah, so once you've settled in and you've got a few candidates of which vehicle you're looking for, it's time to go in person. You've got to get a real feel for that vehicle, and you want to verify that the car that you want is in stock. So you've got to go to the local dealership, see what they have, and see if you really love it. I've actually looked at vehicles that I thought for sure I was going to be in love with. You sit down in the driver's seat and immediately you're uncomfortable, and you can't imagine yourself for 10 years in that seat, in that position, driving to and from work. Uh, so make sure it's in stock and make sure that you've had the chance to sit in it and then drive it. See what's there. See if there's any slightly larger models or slightly smaller models that fit. And then ask the salesperson what the installed options are. What is this vehicle going to come with? What are the add-ons and what I'm going to pay as I look at different kinds of add-ons? Mm-hmm. That's good. And uh, don't, don't just show up to the dealer on a busy weekend. Uh, I think that's a mistake that many people make. I mean, obviously, everybody's off on weekends, so that's a prime time to go. My recommendation is to make an appointment 
and say, hey, I'm looking for a very specific model. This is the year. This is the model. This is the make. This is the color, whatever, because you're going to do all that research and know what you want. And then make an appointment and say, I want to come in and look at this specific car. If there's a specific car that you find online, then ask if that car is still available. Sometimes they'll sell it the day before or within hours of you looking at it. So make sure that that's there. So you're not going there and now they're talking you into buying something else. So just be prepared for that. But don't just show up, make an appointment, and that car's going to be waiting for you instead of you waiting in the lobby for 45 minutes for them to bring it out because it's way in the back lot. Also, don't just drive around the block. This is something that, that most people make as a mistake is that they just take the car around the block my recommendation is do not drive this car less than 10 minutes. I know it's new, but just as David said, how do you know if you're going to be comfortable in that seat? And you're going to have to spend years in it, so you better be comfortable. Yeah. Uh, so take the time to see how you and your family will fit in the car and see how it handles on on variety of roads. Take it on a highway. Take it on side streets. Take it on a rough terrain if you can. See if that suspension is going to you know, jar your teeth out of your mouth or, or if it's going to be comfortable. So all of that matters. You might as well try it out and make sure that it's going to be good long term because you want to keep it for long term. And then the last thing is don't feel obligated to buy the car the same day that you test it. It's okay for you to take a night to think about it, even a couple of days. There will be another model, even if that one's sold. Mm-hmm. Once you decide what you want, they can get you another one. So don't don't freak out. Take your time and make sure you make an informed decision, not an emotional one. Yeah, once you go and you start driving it, you're going to have car buying fever, and it's going to be hard to walk away from it. But they're not going to sell it in the next 24 hours. So, you know, take your time, go home, sleep on it, make sure you're in unity uh, if you're making this decision with another person, and then, then go and purchase a vehicle you're looking for. Well, I say then go. Let's actually talk about step number five, where we check the sale price and we look at different warranties. So once you've got your target car, you've test driven it, it's time to focus on getting a price that it'll actually be sold for. We recommend looking at at least one of two different ways to get the purchase price of your car. First, you're going to want to call, text, or email several different dealerships. You're going to go to the sales department, uh, get on the internet, look at their sales department, and go to three or four different dealerships and call them, text them, or email them, asking them what they would sell that vehicle for. This is going to create a little competition. It'll let you know if somebody's really, they're making it sound like it's a great deal, but it's $2,000 over anybody else's. Mm -hmm. You're going to be able to go back and say, no, I've got the same vehicle across town for $2,000 less. It gives you a little bit more leverage. This is worth the time and investment. Also consider some of the other additional items that may be included in this car. The quote needs to also include any sales tax that's expected. Try to get as much as you can the total number so that you have a better idea what the out the door price is going to be. They can, yeah. they can figure that out. That's well, not yeah. a hard thing for them to And it's to, like, to oh, determine. you know, this is the price of the vehicle. And then you go to sit down, they're like, well, it's actually another $800 in taxes. Oh, and, you know, there's this warranty that we need to put on here. Yeah, the handling, and, the shipping, the delivery. Right, uh, you right. Get, get all of that on the front end. Yeah, don't let them surprise you with that at the end when you've already mentally made the choice and then they tack an extra $1,000 on there and you just roll over. No, you want to be ready in advance. Yeah, that's good. So let's go on to the last step, which is to review the deal and dealer financing. And at this point, you're pre-approved for the financing. So see if there's a chance that you can get a better interest rate at the dealership by having them run a credit inquiry or by providing them your credit score. Try to avoid, we talked about this when we talked about credit scores, try to avoid those hard, even soft inquiries as much as possible. If you know what your credit score is, which you should be easily 
You know, you should be able grab to easily grab that. Grab that Karma or somewhere else. Right. And so you go to the dealership, you're sitting that off and say, hey, I have a pre-approval financing already set up, but here's my credit score. What interest rate and what deal could you give me with my credit? And they'll be able to plug that number in and within a few minutes tell you what financing they could provide. And I'm going to tell you, they're going to try to compete for that yeah. because it'll mean a couple of thousand, at least a couple of thousand dollars to them for that interest uh, yeah. that you're going That's to pay. That's a product for they them would, to sell. Well, yeah. absolutely. They would rather you buy the car cheaper and take their financing. So they will they will sometimes negotiate a smaller deal, meaning a cheaper deal for you to buy it as long as you get their financing. Yeah. But this is where they, they begin to kind of like, wait a minute, I gave you the best deal and you're not going to do my financing? They get a little bit irritant. Yeah, they but, do get frustrated But sometimes. again, yep. that, this is where they fight to keep your business. Yeah. And if you've already done the pre-approval and you told them, hey, I'm already pre-approved for this much, you already give them that information. They know, hey, this guy's got a deal. He can he can purchase the car. They're going to want to get that business from you. So this is where you can leverage that. Yeah, and just be aware that they're going to try to sell you on financing uh through them no matter what. They're going to say, well, even though we can't get you a better rate, we still think this is a better deal because this this lender is known for, you know, really taking care of its people. And, they're, you know, they're going to say whatever they can to get you to go through them because they make money. You know, the guy I was talking to was telling me that there are different kickbacks, for lack of a better word, that if they can sell a certain product or a certain loan from a certain bank, that bank will incentivize the individual or will incentivize the company. So they are doing everything they can. A, they make money on it on the whole, but they're going to do special incentives to try to push that. When Ashley and I went, uh, you know, we had a check written out for $14,500 and they said, hey, but we can finance it. We can finance. I'm like, why would I need to finance it? I have the cash right here. But but hey, we can finance it. And you can keep your check. You can keep your money. You don't need to. Do, and right now, we, we have the money. We don't need to finance it. But but they're going to push it at, as hard as they can, no matter what the situation is. So the last couple of things is just a dealer will try to sell you some add-ons during the financing portion of your deal. Uh, most of these add-ons come at an inflated price. So, And honestly, most of these you don't need. Like uh, if you live in Texas, you don't need undercoating. Uh, the the metal and the framing and all the stuff that, that that's on cars today is treated and will not rust, uh, especially in southern states. So do you need undercoating? Most of the time, no. And even if you did, you could find and have it done by other retailers at a fraction of the cost that a dealer will charge you. And now, the only other thing that I would recommend is listen to the extended warranty and look at that as an option. With some vehicles, an extended warranty is a good idea. It just depends on the quality of the vehicles. On some vehicles, it's really an add-on that's not necessary because if you have a warranty for 50,000, 60,000 miles and the cars run good that far and you maintain it well, there's very little that extended warranty is going to do. Uh, but again, it's all based on vehicle model, the quality, and whether that warranty is going to be used or not. Yeah, and you want the warranty from the actual manufacturer, if at all possible. So if you're buying a BMW, get BMW's extended warranty. If you're buying a Hyundai, get Hyundai's extended warranty. Don't get a no-name, one-off extended warranty company, because what if they fold? What if they disappear? What if they go out of business? So if you get it from the actual manufacturer, they're going to know what to cover, and they're likely going to be in business a long time. That's great. So if the price, financing, and fees look right, it's time to say yes to the deal. And from here on, you can proceed in one of two ways. You can buy at the dealership or have the car and paperwork delivered to your home. A lot of the conveniences of today is that they'll go out of their way to make the deal happen. Wherever you finalize the deal, review the contract carefully and make sure that the numbers match the out-the-door 
breakdown, all right? Be sure that there's no additional charges or fees and the rate is right. And a good financier manager will explain each form and what it means. So don't hurry. Uh, buying a car is a serious commitment. And remember, there's no cooling off period. Once you sign the contract, the car is yours. So take every opportunity to do it right and, uh, and make it a good experience. Again, it's going to take time. But if you do the right research, you, uh, you find the right vehicle for you and you buy the right car, you're going to enjoy it for a long time. It's yeah. going to be a good value. Yeah, you're looking at a car that you're going to love, and you can really enjoy driving off the lot, knowing that you're the proud owner of a new vehicle, and that's going to fit in your budget. You're not going to have to worry about it. You've been in unity throughout this process with your spouse if you're married, and it's going to be a good feeling. Yep. So we want to thank you for joining us for this episode. Uh, if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play so that it's easier for other people to find it and benefit from it. You can also share it on your favorite social media platform, and that will help other people find us and follow us. So please, please share it. It means a lot to us. We'd love to have you uh, be a part of the conversation. If you'll join in on social media and let us know what you think, uh, let us know through the website, questions, comments. We'd love to hear from you. So you can find the show notes if you go to leosabo.com and find more content and resources as well. And we look forward to having you join us next time so that together we can keep, keep getting, getting money, money right. right. If you sell your car, it's much better. You can spend a couple hundred dollars to get it cleaned and detailed. Yes, it is a little bit more work on your part, but it could be a couple thousand dollars extra cash in your pocket. Mm-hmm.